Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Closeted Weeb Anime Podcast. We are your hosts. My name is Lee. My name is Bryce. And uh, we are here to talk to you today about anime in general with no real uh, sense of direction. <laughs> that's, that's a good way to put it. Um, so I guess like the first, our first kind of topic or what we'll dive into is uh, kind of, I guess, recent news in anime. So maybe some like new shows or movies that are coming out or some like recent shows that kind of finished for end of like summer 2020. Just anything that's like bothering us that we just want to like let out, I guess. Um, so, yeah, so I guess I'll start off with, um, the show called Higurashi no Naka. Um, so personally, I've never really dived into the, I guess, like horror type of genre of an anime much before I watched Promise Neverland. I thought that was like unbelievable. Um, one of my favorite shows, ReZero kind of, I guess, transitioned into the horror anime genre. So then kind of seeing the show, I guess there was an earlier remake, which Lee will talk about, um, it really intrigued me, I guess, because it was, like, this really popular show. Um, so, obviously, you kind of, like... I've only seen, obviously, like, the first three episodes, and I realized now I was watching the sequel. And I've been told by Lee I should definitely watch the original, and he'll totally dive into that. Um, but it's been interesting so far. Like, obviously, you know, you start out kind of like, oh, like, the boring main protagonist. you got his, like, harem of girls. And you think it's this kind of, like, slice-of-life type of show. But you also get kind of, like, these dark hints and like changes of personalities or like these girls kind of go into a trance and don't want to talk about like the secrets and like the curses of the town um the opening scene of the show is literally like someone getting beaten bludgeoned to like death so like there's clearly a lot of like dark like layers to this um i'm not gonna spoil anything but i'm just saying i got to episode three and like Already now, I'm starting to get a little better picture of the world, and it's getting exciting. Like, it's really, I'm really curious, like, definitely what's going to happen next. Um, obviously, Lee, you're super experienced in uh, this show, so why don't you, like, give your thoughts? I know you were super pumped um, when you found out the sequel was coming out. I was extremely excited. So, uh, Higurashi no Naku Koroni, um, or sometimes translated to When They Cry or Cicadas When They Cry, uh, it's actually a pretty old show. Um, I think the anime first aired back in 2006, and it's actually one of, I think, the first 20 anime that i ever seen. Um, and I've always, it's always been something, a show that I've really, really loved um, because, um, uh, dude, I gotta stop recording. All right, and we are back. <laughs> um, I do apologize. Uh, I had not walked my dog this morning um i was going to do it after the recording and he had not gone number two uh since yesterday morning so he was ready to burst i had to clean up for him um poor guy that's my fault anyway back to higurashi (laughs) first 20 animes i'd ever seen and honestly it's kind of a cult uh it's a bit of a cult anime it's very it's, it's got a hard to pronounce japanese name um you know the english translation isn't often seen uh, usually people stick to the original name and one thing that i've always loved about this show was the dark humor now the show is not portrayed as a comedy but the juxtaposition of the cutesy harem anime with the gritty murders that there aren't spoilers it's one of the first scenes you'll see um was always something i really loved I, i love anime that is satirical that pokes fun at a kind of overdone genre 
And uh, that being said, I also just love how um, <laughs> I recent. So the new um, Higurashi that came out was initially uh, going to be was told to everyone that it was a remake. Anyway, uh, the creator uh, pulled a bit of a trick on everyone, and on the second episode, it was very, very clear to everyone who's seen the show that this was not a remake and that this was actually a sequel. Um, there are actually some spoilers in there, so if you actually are interested in the series, I recommend not watching um, the 2020 version. <laughs> You've seen uh, the original and then Kai. Um, so Higurashi no, Naku, no Nakukoro ni Kai, uh, which would be like the second season. Uh, there's a few other uh, series and uh, small spinoff uh, seasons that aren't worth watching. Um, but otherwise, I've, I've always loved how cryptic the mystery has been. And there's actually aspects to it that still haven't really been answered to me as a fan. Um, so I'm really excited to see what direction they take with this. No, that sounds amazing. Lee was uh, texting me last night and I was like, oh yeah, I've been watching whatever, like the 2020 uh, version of Higurashi no Naka. Um, and he was like, are you kidding me? You got to start with the original. But no, that makes sense. Like understanding the story in full for sure. Um, so I guess on our next topic, um, one of the kind of the new shows that's coming out this fall is called uh, Noblesse. So obviously the year of 2020 anime has been a lot of kind of like this Korean uh, webtoons, manhwa sort of invasion and started with Tower of God, which was a pretty big hit, um, which we'll see kind of what happens there. So the actual creator of Tower of God kind of just announced retirement due to sort of like the stress and like the mental health of producing it. So it'll be really curious to see how the story can kind of like conclude or end or what direction it's going to go in. I think based on what I read, they should have enough for two or three seasons, but I don't know. It's always kind of strange. Obviously his, the health of the creator comes first, but it's also always concerning in terms of like the production of the anime, like what direction it's going to go in after the original source material is kind of gone. And so now you rely on like a Crunchyroll and people working with them to hopefully figure it out. We'll see. Um, God of High School was another kind of big website kind of came out. I think in the beginning, a lot of people were super excited. I saw a lot of like the big names like Gigguk and like Mother's Basement kind of saying, oh man, this is incredible. It's a show just like devoted to a tournament arc, like devoted to the fighting. They've actually studied the like Korean martial arts and, um, Definitely warning, spoiler here if you want to, I guess, dive into God of High School, but I'll try to be very vague about this. Um, but it very much goes beyond the initial tournament arc of like martial arts and this beautiful kind of fights. And instead, like, they get superpowers, they take powers from God, and it just gets so over the top ridiculous so fast. It definitely hints at it there in the first minute of the first episode. But maybe you don't kind of realize, you definitely could avoid it and not realize it as much. But so I'm definitely kind of out on that show personally. Um, but Noblesse has always kind of been my favorite of those sort of like big three that I've read. Um, so it's about Rai, who was this, uh, he's described as like a noble. He's been asleep for 800 years and he wakes up in modern day Korea. And now essentially um, he's living kind of this like slice of life, sort of like school life, a sense like adjusting to like the modern world. Uh, but it's a really cute, like, sweet story in that sense. But there's also a lot of cool, like, battle scenes and conflicts and, you know, disagreements, and, like, internal issues between, like, the different factions, whether it's the humans, the 
kind of mutated humans called the Union or like the nobles. So it's a really good balance of sort of like the comedy slice of life and a lot of action. Um, and it was interesting, the first episode, they essentially skipped the first uh, 60, 70 chapters. And at first I said, oh, uh, I don't know kind of how to feel about this, but they actually did a really good job of kind of like doing flashbacks to sort of highlight it through the first couple episodes. So I think it's like a really good direction it's going in. And I think definitely the pacing can always be an issue when you move something from like the manhwa to like an anime. And I think if this is like the approach they're going, I think it's going to be really sweet and great. And I'm super excited about it. And the opening is also just absolutely like unbelievable and so like original and well thought out. Um, but that's enough about me geeking out about uh, Noblesse. I know, Lee, you want to go into uh, My Hero Academia season five. Yeah, I was just gonna say the Korean invasion is real. Obviously, this isn't an anime, but I I loved uh, I loved Parasite. So uh, Japan's Japan's gonna have to fight uh, over you know who has the most cred in East Asia over uh, <laughs> movies and entertainment. But uh, yeah, so I think just recently uh, there was a uh, My Hero Academia season five uh, is now officially scheduled for April twenty twenty one. Thank goodness that anime is one of the few things that hasn't been delayed. Uh, noticeably by uh the coronavirus so uh mha is definitely one of my um probably the only shonen show that i'm actually modern one that i'm watching um but i'm definitely a pretty big fan of it despite the fact that season four uh there's no need to watch a school festival that was was mad week i wasn't about it so uh but i think they're, they're they're pretty much done with that so um and then bryce uh i know you're a fan of the re zero series uh, tell us more about that. Yeah. Oh my god, I love ReZero. This so ReZero was obviously a really popular show in 2016. It was one of like the most. I think it was like ReZero and Erase were like kind of voted as like the top two for like that year. And by the end of it, I definitely viewed it as like I don't know top 15 anime in my list. For context, I've probably seen I guess 180 total um, according to my anime list. But like. Um, I'm not saying a lot of those have been good, but this was definitely up there as one of the like top 15. And the first season, I was like, okay, you know, the guy's power, Subaru, essentially, is that um, when he dies, he just gets to like go back to sort of the starting point. And in a lot of these isekai genres, I'm a huge isekai fan, if you can't tell. Um, but in a lot of these genres, these characters kind of come to these new worlds, have these unbelievable, ridiculous powers, have like... An, instant sort of harem and it's like all right whatever like fine they're all like kind of the same but with re-zero it's like very different in the sense that he has really like no powers like when he dies like he feels like all the pain like it's really gruesome and like terrifying and upsetting and like it's really tough to watch and season two it really starts like taking a toll on his like mental health and well-being because he's been able to relive his life so many times, like all these characters he's interact with, their personalities change each time, each time he kind of comes back to life. And like the mental toll on that and like is basically causing him to kind of go insane. And the problems continue to get worse and worse and exacerbate that he has to try to like resolve and solve. And the show just went to a completely different level than I kind of thought was possible for it. Um, and I'm just through the moon excited to see kind of what's going to happen and i'm terrified i i really don't know what's going to happen i usually when i'm watching anime you know you have some sort of context of what you kind of think is going to happen next and what's going to go on and how this could possibly be resolved but i i think reserve is really just like outdone itself in that sense um and i have like some friends i'm constantly texting back and forth trying to like 
us trying to dissect and answer all these questions. And another thing I do love about ReZero too is that um, they do a good job of actually answering like kind of the questions that came about through season one. There's still more that need to be solved, but they're definitely rewarding the viewer in that sense. Um, but I was so bummed that uh, ReZero season two kind of ended 13 episodes. Season one was, I believe, 24. And it didn't really end as much of like a cliffhanger. I was like looking on Crunchyroll, waiting for the next episode to come out. And I asked my friend, I said, hey, like, is it coming out? I kind of just assumed they would just go through to the fall and do 24 episodes. And not at all. So I'm just so upset. I just want to know what's going to happen in the series. Like, there's, I'm just very excited. So I think it's coming back in, I believe, January. But, oh, my God, yeah. I I just, the show has just gone above and beyond. It's, I think, personally, it's my favorite now. I, I just absolutely love it. Um, Lee, I know you want to talk about uh, the Demon Slayer movie. I think it's out now in Japan. Yeah, I just, uh, so every now and again for language practice, I'll like uh, go on some apps where I can just talk with uh, random Japanese people. But a lot of them were posting uh, that they were going to like IMAX to see the uh, the new Demon Slayer movie, which I I have not been following. Um, I think you and I were relatively in agreement. Uh, Demon Slayer is a bit um, uh, overrated, in my opinion, yeah. I think. <laughs> It has some of the most beautiful animated, uh, you know, animation that I've seen recently. It was very interesting. Um, but overall, like none of the characters are any interesting. Like all of the side characters are miserable to watch, oh, miserable to listen to. Um, but that show was extremely popular in Japan when I was back there in February. Uh, there was uh, there was advertisements for it all over the place. So that's definitely something that Japan uh, really likes. So uh, you know. They don't have to listen to my opinion, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, transitioning out of kind of the news, I think we wanted to get onto some topics here. Um, there's a lot of crappy anime out there. This is that, that statement is not related to Demon Slayer. I don't think it's bad. I just don't think it's that great. Um, but Bryce, what would you say the worst anime you've ever seen is? Yeah, that was like when I saw that you posed that kind of question. That was. <sighs> I literally went through my list of trying to like think of what I've seen and I kind of wanted to figure out, all right, is this going to be like an anime? I've seen one episode. I've seen three episodes. Personally, I definitely try to follow that sort of like three episode rule where I give a show three episodes and then I say, all right, I, I just can't deal with this anymore. Um, but a kind of great opportunity to answer this question was because in, um, I believe this this came out in spring. Yes, it was spring this year. There was such like obviously because of coronavirus, because there's a shortage of anime that kind of came out. Um, and I decided, all right, there's not that much. I mean, I can just watch everything. Why not try to like see it all? And it was a bold task I wanted to accomplish. Um, but I did it, so that was great. I guess I don't know. Um, but again, I watch a lot of Isekai. Like I way too much. Like the whole concept of going to another world and like exploring that aspect is like super exciting. And when it's done right, it's it's fantastic. It's the best for me. But this show is the antithesis of that. Um obviously because of Isekai is so popular, because of I think sort of online was probably the beginning of that. Like at least recent like boom in that sense for sure. Um and the show came out called The Eighth Son, Are You Kidding Me? Um, so there's real, no, no real point about it really being an isekai. So it's like, whatever this guy, maybe he's in his twenties, maybe in his thirties. We don't really know. He's kind of just like making like a rice beef dinner and then boom, all of a sudden he's in another world. Oh my God. Isekai. Like, and now he's in the body of like a five-year-old. So he has like the brain of like, I guess like a 20 or 30 year old, like in a five-year-old and he's at some sort of wedding 
and he really can't talk for some reason. Like he has no like basically like, comprehension ability. He's like, what kind of event is this? Like, what is what is this? And I'm like, it's very clearly a wedding. Like they've said it seven different times already in the first five minutes of the show. Like I'm not a detective, but I think it's pretty obvious to figure this out. Just like the level of the IQ in the show is just zero. Um, the whole eighth son thing, he's in like a noble family that's kind of impoverished in a sense because has too many kids and there's not enough revenue going into the town. And every single one of the older brothers looks the same, sounds the same. If you lined them up, like I could not tell you who was who, like in the remotely the slightest, like who cares? Um, really quickly, essentially like by episode one or whatever, you find out he has this incredible magical ability or whatever. Oh, wow. And there's like a three minute period where he's trained by this weird elf uh, magician sort of thing. And then I guess you're supposed to become attached to this elf magician guy, even though they've never had any real conversation or interaction. And he dies. And um, the main character, Wendelin, I guess, kind of has to kill him. And that's like, oh, my God, mentally devastating. Wow, what an episode one. Um, and by episode two, he's the most powerful person like in the world. He slaughters this all-powerful dragon thing, which... The animation for it is just terrible. It's clearly like glitching and lagging, like while he's like trying to kill the thing. So I have no idea what the budget was for this, but this was like bad. I, I have no idea what I was watching. Um, and then he gets all the gold, all the wealth in the world, and like he gets like an instant harem, he gets an instant mansion, um, and whatever. And there's like it's it's just like none of the characters again kind of like matter in the slightest. They don't have any sort of statements or relevancy or growth or literally anything. They just say, "Wow." You're amazing, Wendelin. Oh, my God. And then you have, like, two or three more battles in the series, and none of them matter. None of the characters grow. None of them improve. The guy's already the most powerful thing ever who has no personality, doesn't care. Um, it, it, I, I don't know why I sat through it. Obviously, I did because I wanted to watch everything that was coming out. But the idea that anything like this was approved when there was literally no point to anything being happening and then the, the conclusion or whatever, there's no, there's no real conclusion. It's just like, oh, he's powerful and the world, I guess, is a better place because he's eliminated a couple of villains, but there still will be very much more villains who want to like, because anytime someone has money or wealth, there are going to be people who are going to try and go after them and trying to obtain power. But there really wasn't a conclusion. So I was like, oh, okay. So it's one of those classic like 12 episode animes that like a lot of those don't have like great endings or conclusions, things like that, because obviously it's concerned of being renewed. But this show wasn't going to have a good ending no matter what, because there was no growth there was no like no improvement there was no relevant characters the fights didn't matter because it was like bibbity bobbity boop the villain's dead in like two seconds like he killed the most powerful dragon or whatever he just like in like literally under 15 seconds it was just so underwhelming and it wasn't like in a comedic aspect or anything like the misfit of demon academy it wasn't like funny or anything like there's no comedy in it it was like very much tries to take itself sort of seriously in that sense which was astonishing and i couldn't stand it. That's that's my rant. Lee, how about you? I'm done. <laughs> isekai trash for isekai trash. Exactly, dude. That's so true. <laughs> that genre is made for the lowest common denominator, and I will stand by that statement. Anyway. <laughs> Fair. I, I, I accept it. I- <laughs> so for me, uh, I'd have to give it – this is a pretty uh, – it's pretty old and uh, pretty obscure, so I won't expect anyone – who listens to this, if anyone listens to this, know this show. Um, but to give some background, I first watched uh, – so this show is called Chaos Head. Uh, I first watched this back in 2011, 
Um, and the reason I watched it was that Steins Gate was coming out. Now, Steins Gate is one of my favorite anime. Um, but whenever I first started watching Steins Gate, some idiot in the comment section implied that somehow it was connected to Chaos Head and that you would need to watch Chaos Head if you wanted to fully enjoy Steins Gate. Um, now, you'll note that Steins Gate's title has a semicolon in the middle instead of a space. Um, Chaos Head is written the same way, Chaos Semicolon Head. So it, upon first look, you would expect some level of connection. Um, both of these shows were originally visual novels, uh, which, fun fact, so was Higurashi, which we were talking about earlier, um, and the games were published by the same companies, 5PB and Nitro Plus. I don't play visual novels. I have a life, but um, I did some research on it. Um, however, that's the only commonality that the shows have. They are not related at all. Their, their creators aren't the same. Their writers aren't the same. The stories are completely unconnected. Um, so to get into the actual contact, uh, a running theme of visual novels turned anime is that they're almost always harems, uh, so that young, socially incompetent boys can feel wanted. Um, and the main character, who's modeled after the primary audi audience, is a socially inept nerd who spends too much time online. Uh, now that's is not a problem in and of itself. I had recently watched Welcome to the NHK, uh, which is a show about hikikomoris or shut-ins, and that show honestly deserves a rewatch. Um, but, you know, just to give you a feel for what who this show is for. Um, anyway, random murders start happening, which to me, after watching Higurashi, uh, I was more than happy about. I love a darker anime. I love, like, mystery, killing stuff. Um, and the main character ends up getting entangled with these strange but cute girls who form his harem and seem to be connected to the murders. Uh, and then they can summon weird digital weapons into the real world using the power of imagination or some other crap. Uh, anyway, that turns out there's some silly conspiracy with a bunch of co-opted English words. They like call each other. It's like, oh, you're a gigalomaniac and, you know, you have to use your D power to uh, something words that sound dumb to a foreigner, but maybe sound cool to the Japanese audience. And then at the end, you get a show that is so mediocre and lacking in originality that it actually caused me to not watch Steins Gate until like 2013. And Steins Gate was probably one of the best animes of 2011. And I, because I was so upset about watch, wasting my time watching this show, like if, if Steins Gate has anything to do with this, I'm not going to watch it. Um, and then another fun fact, go onto YouTube and pull up the closing song of this show. It is easily the worst ending OST I have ever heard. So much so that it is actually stuck in my head. I'm not going to sing it, but just look it up. It's filled with Japanglish, where it's just someone who clearly doesn't know the English language singing a, like you know that's not uncommon for anime theme songs to have english in them peppered in but imagine the entire song is continue continuously just bad english it's like in the code geass song whenever it's the dude screaming i continue to fry it's like all right i, I can overlook this um but at least the rest of the song is good but anyway i digress don't watch the show but do look up the ost uh it, you will cringe and you will understand what i'm talking about that's really funny. I actually didn't know that story. That's funny. Yeah, comments are definitely dangerous when you read them. Was that in the YouTube, like a YouTube video comments, or where did you find it? It was on some illegal free anime streaming site, as always. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I remember it was, I was looking at the Higurashi comments as well because, you know, whatever else. And someone's like, oh, because in the second episode, they revealed that the new Higurashi has a, a secret name that they didn't announce. It's all Higurashi no Naku, Nakukoro ni Go. And then someone's like, Go means five in Japanese. So this is the fifth installment. And although Go does mean five in Japanese, the title is Go, which is like a completely different kanji, which is like a Buddhist word for like karma or retribution um but that that's the kind of intellectual discussions you're going to get from a com an anime comment section so uh do your own research or else you might miss out on good shows is the lesson to be had here yeah no completely agree (laughs) um so i guess we'll transition to kind of another one of our topics um so we were thinking about kind of comparing sort of one punch man and mob psycho Um, maybe more specifically kind of dive into season two, because I think maybe season one was great for both. But if you want to go big picture, like for sure. And um, overall, obviously, One Punch Man and Mob Psycho were both written by one. Um, So Lee, I know you're you're the one who actually got me on board for watching Mob Psycho. I was initially turned off because I saw the first six minutes of it. And I thought, whatever, this is slow. I don't care. I'm not interested. And I think I pushed it off for a good four four years i guess yeah. um, i think i saw whenever it initially came out um and then you were like all right like this is one of the like better anime you like have to check this out and then i literally binged it in i think two nights um two days i guess but um yeah so lee why don't you like kick us off yeah sure um i'm gonna actually start off talking about one punch man um since that anime came out first i think Maybe I'm wrong, but I think it did. Anyway, uh, One Punch Man, as I mentioned earlier, I love satirical anime. I love parodies, um, especially when they're not like in your face. I mean, One Punch Man is in your face, but One Punch Man is fundamentally a parody on power scaling. It's making fun of the problems that Naruto, that Dragon Ball Z, that literally all shonen anime run into on power scaling. Because how do you one-up the last climax of the last season? Well, you need a bigger, badder guy. Um, And so One Punch Man basically starts off the show at the end, what would presumably be the end of a shonen, where you have an all-powerful protagonist. Now, I think I don't have to speak about why One Punch Man is great. Um, I think everyone loved it because it's funny, uh, it's original, its animation was incredible. Um, And a lot of people did not like season two. Uh, My personal stance is that if you wanted a season two of the show, One Punch Man season two isn't that bad. Now, I'm not going to talk about animation because I'm not an animation snob. I'm okay with it being a little bit subpar compared to season one it's a different studio the budget's different but at the end of the day for season two there is no other direction they could have taken i think most people's complaints is that they didn't get enough saitama which it's the superman problem your heroes need a week like one punch man would have been a great one-off now what season two if you wanted a season two has to do is it has to actually fill in new content. And the only way you can do that is to provide characters who can lose. So that's why in season two, you're focused on all of these different characters and Saitama only comes in every now and again, because if Saitama is in every episode, you're, it's going to get dull. It's going to get dull very, very quickly because he is God. Um, and so I've actually really enjoyed the world building that they've been doing in season two. Um, but to kind of, contrast that now with mob psycho which had actually a stronger season two than a season one i think most people laud the uh second season i think mob psycho takes all the quirks of one punch man uh that people really like the characters the you know mob is overpowered but he has enough personal weaknesses that 
despite his powers being overpowered, you know, his, you know, his ability to control things, his ability to control his emotions, his ability to fit into a normal life, uh, are very stinted. So he struggles with that. So, um, I, I think that it's, it's definitely, it's more of a genuine shonen anime, um, rather than a full on parody. Uh, so one punch man is having the struggle of trying to transition from, you know, kind of writing themselves into the corner of being a parody show. Uh, whereas Mob Psycho didn't start out as one. It's just kind of quirky and funny. Um, and then I also just want to give a shout out. Mob, the Mob anime is created uh, by one of my favorite studios, Bones, um, which is another reason why I actually was willing to try it out. I think Gigic also uh, had reviewed season two saying it was really good. So um, between between Bones and Gigic's recommendation, um, I definitely checked it out and really enjoyed it. Yeah, for sure. Um, so for me, yeah. So like for me with One Punch Man, the kind of issue was is like, right, I like didn't care about like Saitama's personality. Like essentially when there's not a big fight, he's really like, right, he's a kind of a boring, bland person. And he just does like normal person activities. He's shopping, he's playing video games. And then he shows up for like one punch and then knocks out the villain. So you have to really be invested in some of the like, minor characters potential like growth which i'm not sure really as much as there is you know like they have constant there's really cool how they have like so many cool like minor characters and like minor heroes doing like getting involved in these like random fights versus these crazy all powerful looking villains um but again kind of like how many times can you do that they tried to i guess have some sort of character growth with uh garo i think is how you pronounce his name right the villain from the uh yeah, <laughs> Um, yeah, so I guess there's supposed to be some sort of, like, growth with him, you know, he was like, oh, initially, you know, maybe he's gonna be trained to be, like, a sort of, like, potential future hero, and he goes down this kind of, like, dark path, and now he's eliminating all the heroes, but doesn't want to cross the line to becoming, like, a monster, there's still some sort of, like, his humanity left in him, and, like, he kind of bonds with the kid, so you're like, oh, is this gonna be this kind of, like, character growth, but again, you just, I don't know. I wasn't invested. I just didn't really care as much. And then they gave him like so much screen time too. Um, they tried to also sort of like tackle the like Saitama overpowered thing by having that martial arts tournament arc in season two, um, which I think did like a cool job too, right? Because obviously he's like undercover and he's trying to like not, not be so overpowered. Yeah. And like, um, and I thought that was like an awesome and cool, interesting approach. And I thought that was definitely like kind of like the best possible solution they could come up with with kind of like a ridiculous situation and problem. But again, you just, you don't care about any of these characters like growth and like personalities in that sort of sense. But Mob, on the other hand, um, he's, you know, right. You kind of said he's this kind of like shy kid. He's a little bit insecure. Um, he's really humble and you watch him kind of like learn to be more social, learn how to make friends. Um, he learns to build a better relationship with his brother, build a better relationship with, uh, Reagan and Reagan's growth obviously in season two is just unbelievable but you're seeing how Mob kind of influences others around him to kind of grow and to change and in season two for me it goes up such a different level because of like you know kind of Reagan's reputation like early on like episode one like you learn Reagan's kind of like this like scam artist kind of sort of in this psychic business he does like massages he does whatever it takes to like he throws salt to try to like um, whatever scam to like kind of make money for his business. And he initially takes Mob in because he's like, first he's kind of like, get out, kid. And then he sees Mob's like an actual ridiculously overpowered uh, psychic. Um, so he takes him in kind of for his own financial gain. But the way Reagan kind of grows into this better person and really tries to do, you know, really what's like best for his clients. Like he really cares, especially when he meets some of the other psychics, when he gets embarrassed and 
uh, emotionally distraught on stage and he gets um, made fun of his reputations destroyed. And like one of the best parts is like, you know, mob kind of like knew all along that Reagan was kind of like a fraud in that sense. And the show, it makes you laugh. It makes you cry. All of the characters are so, even the minor characters are so like interesting and enjoyable um lee i know i remember you when when i first started texting you about mob psycho you were like oh my god have you seen the gym club guys yet because they're all fantastic absolutely i i love every time a show doesn't portray jocks as just like bully like one-dimensional bullies um and i also love that it you know it's it's a genuine thing right like so mob you know i think in a lot of older animes you know it, it would be the nerd the superiority of the nerd right so you would have um, you would have the issue of, you know, oh, instead of showing off the jocks and having Mob trying to, like, emulate them, you would have had Mob showing them up with his psychic powers. Oh, you you silly jocks working out. Look at me. I have psychic powers. Whereas in this, you see Mob making, <laughs> taking it into account and being like, you know, I would like to work on my physical strength, even though he has no actual need to, right? So I, I really enjoyed that they took that approach. I think we've started to see that in Western media, um, but I don't know how much I've seen that when it comes to uh, you know anime shows. No, I completely agree, man. I, I'm so excited to see how Mob Psycho goes because I guess they're going to be making a season three. Um, yeah, how popular the show is. I don't know if they will for One Punch Man. I definitely don't know enough of the details about that. I'd be curious to see kind of like what direction they go in, I think. I don't know. I, I guess we'll see what happens. But I think Mob Psycho is definitely kind of like, because there's so much room in terms of like character development, like personality to like build on. Like it's such an enticing show. Also the openings, I mean, One Punch Man season one openings, obviously unbelievable, but the Mob Psycho openings are so like exciting and interesting and so detailed. Like every image is like kind of like connected to like stuff. I mean, obviously like, you know, most anime openings, they have like images of like kind of spoilers in a sense of like what's going to happen in the show with the different characters. But what I like about Mob Psycho is they're like kind of hidden a lot of the details and things like you wouldn't notice until like way after you would have like seen the episode because they're very like niche like word or saying that was like described. And that's why they have all these weird kind of colors and visuals and objects spinning in that sense. And that to me was something that really stood out and was really well thought out, um, which I thought was really cool. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I think that we've reached our time. Um, and so uh, thank you if uh, for tuning in uh, to the Closeted Weeb Anime Podcast. First one. Bryce, did you have any other concluding thoughts for this session? Um, no, I think I'd love, obviously you can give out our email address, but I'd be excited to hear kind of like topics, you know, you'd want us to cover Maybe we should like talk about some like seasonal stuff, whether it'd be more beneficial to talk about some of the, I guess, older shows and classic battles of like the big three, like One Punch Man versus Naruto versus Bleach. Um, but yeah, I hope you all enjoyed our, our opening podcast. Absolutely. And if you want to email us, uh, topics, questions, concerns, anything, call us nerds. Uh, you can reach us at closetedweebap at gmail.com. That is closetedweeb, W-E-E-B-A-P as an anime podcast at gmail.com. Uh, thank you and uh, have a good day. See ya.